Welcome to the Exceptional Insights Podcast. I'm Sean Wargo, and I'm joined by my colleague, Peter Hansen. Hello. Together, we make up the market intelligence team here at Avixa. Where it's our job to identify trends in the economy and understand how they affect our industry, the professional audiovisual industry. All right, today we're here to talk about the return to office, work from home situation. Uh, We've seen a lot of data and perspective out there in the media about different ideas of how this is going to play out. Everything from the doomsday scenario of nobody's coming back, offices are dead, to everybody's coming back. So, Peter, I'm curious from what you're seeing in the macroeconomic perspective, where are we uh, just in past data on on this on this uh, this trend? Yeah, I mean, corporate office market is so important to our industry overall. You know, it's the top vertical market. So it's been a huge research focus um, for us, obviously, Sean, and for me in particular. And uh, we benefit here um, in the United States from some really high quality data about offices, generally speaking. So it's office construction and office rent are clearly uh, passed through in US government data. And that's telling a very clear story about the overall opportunity in the office market. Office construction is the kind of thing that comes from confidence, it comes from profits, and it typically um, is quite sensitive to the business cycle. So you might be expecting, you know, if we're seeing an office exodus to see a massive drop. In the Great Recession back in 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, that saw a 50% drop from peak to trough in office construction. What we've seen in the past couple years in the pandemic aftermath, much smaller drop and a lot of stability. And in fact, where it's stabilized, um, like 2022 level has been really flat um, so far. And it's flat at a level that is above anything we saw before 2019. So we're at a very high level of office construction. I think that's particularly remarkable because a lot of that investment is being made by companies with a lot of data, you know, the big, you know, Jones Lang LaSalle type companies that are um, renting out massive amounts of square footage. So they have lots of data about what, you know, how many doors are being opened, what the demand is for uh, rented space. Um, So that's a strong indicator that that exodus kind of fear that you mentioned is not coming to fruition. Same thing in office rent. Uh, After the Great Recession, we saw years of flat office rent. After the pandemic, office rent maybe kind of flattened out for a few months, but it's been really kind of slanting upwards. It's not to say that demand for office space is just like spiking or anything like that. It's just to say that the kind of data picture uh, that you would see if those office exodus fears were true, if people really were stopping um, using office space, it's not coming through in the data. Like the data reject that hypothesis. They don't say that more office use than ever. Um, That's not clear yet. Um, But they reject firmly the hypothesis that we're seeing an office exodus. Now, the one thing that I'm still kind of wondering about is of course the kind of like forward look, okay? We've seen so far, and and office construction in particular is forward looking. You know, you don't build an office for use today. Like you, you build it, for use in like kind of a 30 year horizon, right? Um, So that's a bullish indicator long-term. But of course, it is only data that reflects the current conditions. 
Sean, is there anything that you're seeing that makes you think that a change is possible, you know, another inflection point um, that might weaken the long-term prospects for the office opportunity? Yeah, I think the question is, so the data looks great so far, leases, office, um, construction, all that sort of stuff. I think the question out in the marketplace is whether the shoe is going to fall. So there's surveys that suggest, you know, on the employee side, uh, there's a good percentage of employees who are just not interested in coming back. Uh, the market, the job market has been strong, of course, and so there's argument that employees are able to make more demands of their employers about uh, work from home, uh, hybrid work, remote work, all those sorts of things. So it's really more of a question of lots of data out in the market suggesting that there may be a rising trend towards this ultimate shift that we proved out productivity over the last couple of years um, that employees were able to work from home and actually get their jobs done and so perhaps you know that that becomes more of a demand on them in the future obviously that's a big impact to us as an industry if offices were somehow downplayed less important uh, then a big chunk of business. We know that corporate is the largest market. We know conference and collaboration, the largest solution area for ProAV. So the question becomes, do ProAV integrators suffer under that kind of shift as those offices become uh, less important? However, they, they or do they become more important? Does the opportunity bloom and grow because offices are are being reconfigured to accommodate more of a hybrid workforce? So it's it's kind of that that survey data out there across you know, many different uh, collection agencies uh, trying to get a handle on this that really has us wondering uh, whether the data so far is review mirror and maybe yeah. we've yet to see it. Uh, as you noted, I'd be curious, you know, th those trends didn't seem to, the data suggests that the trends would hold and that spaces are right. still um, strong. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any other data that would, would kind of indicate, you know, actually on net, uh, people yeah. are coming back. And uh, that we're looking more at a yeah. One a other big mode. piece of data that um, I saw in kind of the research I did earlier this year about that office space was um, actually kind of this big project done that started um, launched very quickly after the start of the pandemic about working from home, um, and that asks kind of a, a representative survey of American workers about their personal kind of preferences about the amount of time they spend on, in in person, working in person, as well as their boss's plans. And the way that data was trending was that there was sort of a kind of a coalescing maybe of plans around about 60% of hours being in office and 40% being remote. Now that's gonna vary, of course, I, you know, I'm sure. Like office, certain forms of office work that just work better remotely. And then other forms of work, you know, office work included, I mean, like, so certain, like, law firms are an example of um, a sector within office markets that are, are known to be more in-person-centric. Finance, actually, another one that um, is putting pretty firm demands on their employees to be in-person. Um, so there's going to be variation, but that data suggesting kind of the long-term equilibrium settling in around 60% in, 40% uh, out. I mean, so I think when you put together that, you know, big, strong data sets about construction, which just really is a long-term indicator. I mean, you don't make those investments if you don't have confidence about 5, 10, 15, 20, even 30 years down the road. Um, office rent, you know, just confirming nothing crazy happening right now in the market. 
Um, and then the, that survey data, I mean, it, it gives me a lot of confidence. And the one more piece, kind of like the kind of an intuition logic point is, I just don't see the when that inflection point would be. If you know that shoe is going to fall, like what's going to cause that shoe to fall? You know, like why hasn't that shoe fallen already? You know, we've uh, seen multiple, we're two and a, an almost two and a half years past the pandemic. You know, we're... Um, a year, over a year past, like, widespread vaccinations, we're kind of in the new normal. Like, obviously things are changing, right? But I just don't see what could be another inflection point. So I think it's time for um, businesses to really settle into that, um, you know, Pro-AV facilitating the hybrid future of the office market. I mean, I think that's what the data support um, and I, I think it's starting to come through already in a lot of our kind of like IOTA and more data as well. What are you seeing in there, Sean? Yeah, I would definitely agree. The more, both both IOTA and more really do point toward that hybrid model and support for this idea that offices remain strong. There's plenty of opportunity for Pro-AV. I'd say our quarterly demand study, the more study, where we go out and survey about 2,000 um, end user decision makers across nine different countries. So a very international perspective as well is that corporate is one of the strongest areas of planned capital improvement, uh, that then flowing into AV expenditure. And when you look at the spaces that those companies are planning to invest in, it is a lot of the group collaboration spaces, individual workspaces. So right now, it does appear, as we look forward, and those studies do capture what's coming up for the coming quarter rather than rear view. It's not what did you spend on, it's what do you plan to spend on. All of that points to corporate enterprises essentially saying, we are voting on the office. We do think that even if it's not a five-day work uh, five-day work week anymore in the actual office, maybe it's more like three, as you're noting, uh, or some some other uh, combination thereof. Uh, they are planning to invest accordingly, and so that's where our IOTA, the Industry Outlook Trends Analysis annual forecast, really picks up and says, yeah, as a long-term trend, we do see corporate and conference and collaboration solution area both being strong areas of investment. Not quite as strong as they were. Over the last two years, we certainly saw a surge. Uh, in fact, uh, conference and collaboration was the one solution area during the pandemic that actually net grew. Every single other solution area, as in person, really pulled back, was actually in decline. And some of that was, of course, adaptive measures. It was kidding people to be able to work from home, but it was also getting flexible and creative about how you use space. And so that's the, when you talk to integrators, uh, as they kind of translate all of this data into real opportunity for themselves and seeing the the uh, seeing it unfold for them, it has been design of new space. It has been reimagination of space. Uh, it has been rekitting of conferencing and collaboration spaces in the office, uh, and even helping to elevate, improve upon individual office experience. I think. If anything, we've raised the bar, right? We, we've gotten more used to kind of an online hybrid sort of engagement mode, meeting mode, and our level of expectation is higher on what we would want from um, our work experience and our online meeting experience. So I think all of that is translating for good uh, into yeah. good opportunity for us. To put a hard number on it, corporate already the largest and while growth percent might be less over the next five years for the corporate marketplace, we, deal, we still see it adding $18 billion 
to pro AV mm -hmm. over the next five years. Put that into context, that's like two wow. retail markets for pro AV, if you just look at kind of relative sizing. So clearly we see continued investment happening here. And I would say, thus as a marketplace, our vote, our bet right now is on hybrid. Uh, just always good for us to be yeah. playing the economist, right, Peter, and uh, taking uh, possible yeah. alternative perspectives and looking at it. So, not sure if there's any other closing thoughts you have or other yeah. data that you would see that kind of well, echoes I have what we're sort seeing. Of, um, two points where I think that ProAV will kind of continue to profit and take advantage of the period that we're in. One is just um, something that mm -hmm. uh, heard actually at um, ISC talking with um, someone who's uh, working for one of the biggest like office kind of design firms uh, in Europe. And one thing he was saying is that the way office investments are going right now is prizing greatly flexibility. I mean, they're building a conference room. They want a conference room that maybe they can shift to use for a like organizational wide or at least like a like a marketing team wide, you know, a large meeting, and then shift to, say, a market intelligence meeting. It's small, it's five, it's intimate. Um, it's that flexibility thing. So I think that reflects two things. One is you need to have some professional AV. You know, you can't just like bang and hang and then expect to be able to get flexible use out of it. Like you need to um, have that well thought out, um, good equipment that's well installed and well supported as well um, and i think it means as well is like we don't know exactly what norms are for the offices long term i mean that's why they're investing in flexibility now so i think that means that like over the next five years as we settle into new norms companies are going to have to go back to you know their av and it partners and, and construction partners and say hey look you know we made some investments in 2022 uh, and they're good but but we need to make some new investments here in 2024, 2025 to settle in and really serve the needs that we've kind of um, settled on, you know, that the world has settled on now that we're more years into this kind of new hybrid. The other place that, and I don't know if you've been mm -hmm. hearing anything about this, Sean, that I think um, is kind of a growth area, small, um, but is the sort of corporate event space, you know, when you have you know, even these the modern sort of like hybrid office, it's going to have a lot more remote workers. There's going to be you know whether it's a a long term employee who has to move for a family reason or just like a star candidate who's unwilling to relocate but is not the kind of person that a company can afford to pass up on. Co companies are going to have a lot more remote workers, and I'm thinking that that means that you know, the sort of annual corporate event, you know, maybe quarterly gathering. Um, you know, uh, here at Avixa, we did Top Golf last week to kind of like get everyone's face together, um, you know, together face to face um, and has time. And, and I'm wondering like, and, and, and expecting that that's going to be kind of a growth area, like companies kind of event style, maybe fixed space um, to create those uh, moments where people can gather. Um, I think that's an area where AV might see some high growth. I mean, it's, it's a small, that's a, that's a niche market. You know, live events and like fixed event kind of spaces is not the biggest vertical market. And this is only a small subset of that, but that's a place where I'm curious about. You, any, any places where you think big 
um, kind of maybe underthought about or small place, but high growth potential, Sean? That's a good one that you raise about live events. In fact, I'm sure that would be music to our live events community's ears, uh, given that, as we both know, they were, and they, as they know even better than we do, uh, they were the hardest segment hit by the pandemic as uh, events were came to a screeching halt. And so the idea of more corporate events, uh, more gatherings, more opportunities to kind of put together a professional event would be a great opportunity for them. And I think what that could actually even help do is aid that recovery. As we've been talking about, they're one of the highest growth percent areas for pro-AV, given the steep declines. It's not too surprising to see. But what we've been forecasting is that the full recovery for live events wasn't until 24, 25. Uh, it's a really long, long term. If we see more corporate events, that would certainly suggest more demand for that community. So I think I think that is a, that is a really good one. I think we already talked about kind of AV design. Uh, I would echo the the notion that with such high expectation, it puts an emphasis on the skill level needed, the level of integration expertise, the level of technology expertise to really be able to meet that objective of flexible. Uh, that's even more, um, even more criteria being placed on an already, you know, very complex solution uh, for, for making sure that meetings, uh, hybrid meetings, virtual meetings and all that sort of works well. Uh, so that, that clearly is, uh, will be interesting to see uh, how office spaces change yeah. uh, in the face of all this. I would say the one big shoe left to fall, and perhaps this is a topic for us for next time, uh, is the whole question of inflation, is the threat of a recession, uh, and whether or not that actually potentially puts a muting effect on some of this sort of stuff, and maybe even changes the dynamic of the job market itself. Um, so something for us to talk about next time. I think we will probably wrap up for this time. Peter, any other closing thoughts uh, no, before we close one thing that You mentioned with that employment need you know the design need need that high skill um that's something that you know i know we're both looking into right now folk personal re research focus right now hearing a lot about hiring challenges seeing a lot of hiring going on in the industry um so another um topic that i'm sure we'll dive into in a, a future segment um but with that inflation uncertainty is something something to monitor quite quite closely it's a, it's a dynamic time isn't it Mm, absolutely. Well, this has been Exceptional Insights with Sean Wargo and Peter Hansen. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll look forward to next time.